0: Hey guys, Amir Writer here with the Cloud9 Podcast. I have my guest, Jim Ayub, Chief Customer Success Officer. Excuse me, Chief Customer Officer, um, author, CX Visionary. I think you've written three books now. Um, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Amir. It's really a pleasure to be here. Excited about our topic today.
0: I, I think we were already talking for about 30, 40 minutes about, about customer success and, and, and the world we're living in. Um, but I think, you know, for us, um, before we get started, I'd love to Really tell us like one thing about yourself that uh, listeners wouldn't know um, without you know, knowing you personally. I took a look at your LinkedIn. I know they, they could tell you're a
1: CX leader, but what's one fact? Share with one them? fact is I'm actually a sushi chef, too, because I love sushi so much. <laughs> I learned how to create and make sushi at home. I, last year, I hosted a party with sushi making classes. What about 75 people?
0: That sounds pretty good. I, I, I'm i somebody who loves sushi enough that I need to actually learn how to cook sushi. So I'm going to pick your brain on a separate time about where to go to learn. Um, I appreciate that. Let's talk about just creating a remarkable customer success experience using AI and people. I think it's something that you've written about. You've got tons of experience. Um, you know, for, for us, I think it's really important, you know, delivering an effortless customer experience um, do you see that as being a differentiator today? That's a must have or, or a like to have?
1: Oh, a- absolutely. Differentiator, here's why. Today's consumers, they want this positive experience. They're beyond transactional. In the old days, you can buy whatever you're selling, a raft from anybody, right? Think about it. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that differentiates you is how I treat that customer. We already know 86% of buyers would pay more for a better customer experience. Look at Starbucks. It's a cup of coffee, I'll remind you. You could get that same amount of coffee at your house for 50 cents. Why do you pay $5? It's the experience. We also know that 70% of customers will do business with each other when they resolve a complaint. Because not everybody's perfect. I have millions of examples myself when I had an opportunity or an issue with a company. If they resolve my issue, they made me feel like a human being, absolutely will go back. And that's what differentiates you from everybody else in the industry is how much time it takes for me to do business with you. How much effort does it take?
0: And do you find that certain industries are just kind of stubborn about that, right? They already have the customers they already have the money and they're just not adapting while others are taking advantage. I I know that Amazon, if you think about it, caught a lot of people off guard and and that's kind of how they grew. But are any industries in particular that stand out to you that are kind so, of
1: lacking? yeah, I don't know about industries, but it's just amazing as how many things I buy, whether it be online and stores. And I mean, I think it's a it, it's it goes back to leadership, though, if you think about it. The companies that have an I don't want to I don't want to say anything bad about these people, but the old school or old way of thinking doesn't work anymore. The, the new generation of CX, I want it and I want it now. I'm not going to wait five days, 10 days for you to respond. I mean, I just had an issue with Walmart recently, right? Sent them an email. The response to me, the automated response tells me it's going to be 11 days before they get back to me. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, we, I, forget it. It's I've written it off already. <laughs> yeah. Careful. Yeah
0: hundred percent. That's, and that's where I think AI and, and, and chatbots come in a big play. And the technology has been around for quite some time, right? I think it's just the way people have been using it.
1: Well, and, and I think that's definitely an opportunity because you're right. When you talk about AI and HI, here's the problem. AI has been around for a long time. It's big data. We've talked about big data. They changed the name, made it sexier, right? When you look at AI, it provides a large knowledge base. We get it just like big data. It offers consistent reasoning. We get it those, those uh, the drives, the goal-directed, right, which we get it from a technology perspective. And you basically can look at past information and better evaluate it to find future things to happen. When you look at the human intelligence, that's where the key differentiator comes in because AI tells you who, what, where, why, maybe when it happened, Now what. Mm -hmm. i got 2 million pieces of data. What do I do with it? So what human intelligence comes in, and this is where you talk about data scientists, you know, um, those people go in and take that unstructured data, structure it to give that human creativity. Machines can't be creative. Remember that, regardless what the industry tells you. They have no imagination. They can replicate very well. But the human side of it, is where the really where the rubber meets the road because the human imagination and creativity is making that significance intuition emotion right humans are adaptive they are used to adapting machines are not and then when you look at human intelligence it can better foresight about some of those future alternatives not to mention risks because mm-hmm. an ops guy will talk about risks where a machine can't because it only knows from the data
0: so basically ai without human intelligence is 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 a losing
1: combination right
0: i, I do believe that so yes Both um, and almost you know promote a culture of having human intelligence it's 100 percent correct i think there's been an explosion of data and tools been around for a while under a different name companies have not been quick enough they've been now starting to buy it but they don't have the person ready to interpret it
1: Correct. And we're seeing that more and more in the industry everywhere, because I think the problem with software companies and not to knock any of my software friends, but they sell a software that says I'm going to solve all your world problems. And the reality is that what they don't tell you is it's not Ron Papel's rotisserie. It's not set it and forget it. It needs fine tuning. It's like anything you need to, you know, machine learning is, still has a human being behind it to make it valuable. And that's what a lot of the software companies don't tell people.
0: And this is probably, I, I would imagine at etech Global, you, I mean, you mentioned you do QA service, right? And I think probably yeah. QA service at the core, a lot of it is, is probably human intelligence, you know, using reporting, I would assume, right?
1: Correct, yeah. So we do. We do. I have about 220 data scientists. So etech has got 3,000 contact centers globally. And we're listening to those calls through a machine learning type platform, but there's so much human intelligence behind it to make it actionable. If you look at how we did this story with e-tech, I'm not trying to plug e-tech, but understand we went from 400 employees to 3000 with no mergers and no acquisitions. So we kind of know what we're doing, right? All that business was born and bred from referrals and word of mouth. So our recipe for success before AI even came out it was, was there.
0: It was customer success.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. We see that. We see that a lot as well. Uh, So, you know, what are the important competencies contact centers should be disciplined in executing uh, to to execute great CX consistently? Like, let's talk about contact contact centers. You guys can't um, Yeah, so
1: so think about it, right? And it's a great question. You know what I think the number one problem most contact centers or businesses have? They don't understand their customer. People in a boardroom are basically saying, this is what we should do. I think this is what the customer wants. If you understand the customer and you're sitting on the largest data planet or data on the planet with your phone calls and interactions, if you mine that data, you could actually understand what your customers are saying about you, your brand, your processes. You then can design a strategy to measure improvements, prioritize what's important, and deliver that effortless customer experience. Yeah.
0: It takes time, right? I, I think one of the big things is that it, it, is we want things now as a customer yep. is both companies, right? So I think companies kind of center the light, they, they think the change is overnight, right? But it's a, it's a cultural change. It's, it's, you know, you might have to bring some people up and get them trained, get some leaders, right? So like, is this something that takes, you know, three months, six months, 12 months, 18 months? What's, what, what kind
1: of, what are companies looking for if they embrace this change? Well, it's, it's, funny, it's funny you say that because everybody does want it tomorrow, right? It's like, hey, I don't can want I to, get this tomorrow? I'm really I'm like, yeah. I'm um, realistically, realistically, I think you'd see data within a couple weeks. And, and what, I, what we tell people, right? Listen, when you're trying to make a change to go from, you know, listening to X amount of your calls, which might be 10 or 12, to hundreds, understand you're not going to fix all the world's problems in a day or two. But in 30 days, you'll be able to benchmark where your biggest opportunities are, and then you can fix a couple things and move on. And I tell everybody, like, what are the three things that keep you up at night? Let's focus on that. And then as you build those, then you could develop and add more stuff to it. But realistically, you see data in, a, in as little as two weeks, but pretty much about 30 days.
0: So the data comes fast, right? AI data, but then you have to decode, actually decode it, right? Yep. and and get the true customer sentiment and that do you see companies struggling to decode that sentiment or is that something that is intuitive or
1: takes a skill set or how does that look yeah so it definitely needs a data scientist and that's why we have so many but but i can tell you this though like it's pretty funny when you talk about that because people say right that they want all this data unification i want all my data in one platform know, I want to clean it. I want to combine it. I want it quick. I want it easy. I want to get into interaction history. At the end of the day, AI can sift through all that data, okay? But until you actually understand the industry trends, right, and how these tools work, it's hard to put the strategy together. So what we're seeing is customers will tell us, here's the three things that I need to work on or I'm hearing. And when you get voice of customer sentiment, this is another fallacy. People believe that they won't tell you um, what's wrong with your brand. I listen to about two million calls a month. You'd be shocked at what people will tell you on the phones. Yeah, or you know, if you're able to harness that information and use it, absolutely it's all there. We've even went a step further where we can predict a net promoter score based on the conversation. We already know if the customer's frustrated. We already know if they're going to tell five of their friends if they had a good experience or bad experience. And that's all by taking that AI and HI combination and creating the value proposition.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, do you also think it's important for other contact centers to, to have human leadership um, you know, in, the, in the department of human wisdom? You know, I, I, I'm like, that's probably an area that a lot are lacking, right? They don't have top CX leaders and that's not spreading throughout the company. They have all the tools, they have everything, but the leaderships is probably not in touch.
1: It's, it's probably a fair statement. I mean, if you think about it, their CX has only been a few years out, right? So it's not really like, it's not like you're director of call center operations. Yeah. So, so that goes back to leadership, right? So we philosophy is a servant leadership culture. So our whole value in life is to serve others. Mm-hmm. So we're constantly training. We have a dean of leadership development. She trains everybody in the organization, including me, all the way up to the president of our company. And we're always about better, better, better. So to your point, I didn't have CX people three years ago, right? I had quality people. Over time, those people have went to classes and learned and developed their skill set to become CX. I have an AVP of CX under me now right? Um, she's a certified data scientist. She wasn't a data scientist three years ago. She is now certified through, um, I, I forget what school, I think she went to Cornell or one of them, but she went to a very prestigious school to learn data scientists, which is great.
0: <laughs> Sounds like a, va- a valuable teammate now. Correct. Interesting. So so basically, you know, and also to talk about, you know, analyzing the customer journey over and over again is something I've probably a lot of people fail to do right i think is it is it you know just look at a journey one time make some tweaks or is it is this a is this something where you're analyzing the customer journey every month quarter year 6 months What's-
1: well it's it, it's a great one so think about this like i look at anal, analyzing first you have to understand the customer's experience at every touch point right so when you start with that whether the journey is an inconsistent channel i went to the website i can't do that Um, I called your call center because I tried to do it on the website and I can't do that. You know, pricing um, problems, descriptive information, terms of service, right? When you analyze that journey, right? And you put a more sophisticated AI, HI plan behind it, customers will tell you where they find better paths. So I'll give you an example for my car. So I have a nice car. It has valet service. So literally, they pick up my car, give me a loaner car, and then they go take change and everything. It's a great experience, you would think, right? Yeah. I've had this car for two and a half years. I still have to call a human being to schedule this appointment. And once I schedule with them, they start using digital. And they ask me every time in a survey for two years now, how do we do? And I score them very high on all the stuff, with the exception of how easy it is for me to schedule the appointment. Yeah. They really called me like, I think it was like three weeks ago, my last oil change. And she said, she goes, listen, I noticed you don't score as high in ease of, you know, appointment scheduling." She goes, can I ask you why? I said, you're either digital or not digital. Pick a, pick a lane. Yeah. Okay. I said, cause you send me to your website. You send me a pop-up in my car, scheduled appointment. And every single thing is for me to drop off my car. Nowhere does it say pick up valet service. So I, You forced me to call you. And she's like, that's actually good feedback. But that's 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 what I see as one of the opportunities in the world.
0: Yeah, it also brings up a good point. When companies do do a great job of asking for feedback, but you give it over and over again, and they don't make a change, right? That can be kind of frustrating. I think for yep. a lot of people, um, do you see that as a as a as an issue, or you know, people getting the whole NPS score, but they're 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 failing to they're failing to say they're failing to make the change. Sorry for the the ambulance, uh, but. Are they, they're failing to make change, but also failing to say, Hey, we understood your request, but right now it's going to be, take a year to finish Is it like a communication chain? That's blocks us? people don't have to make a change right away, but I feel like acknowledging
1: it is important. Right. I I agree. And I think part of it is, I don't think they look at it. I mean, there's three reasons people fill out surveys. Let's be honest. You went above and beyond, which is impossible on every interaction. You upset me so much that I have nothing to do, but complain. Or you, prime, you, you, you bribe me with a $5 Starbucks gift card as an example, right? And if you think about it, the response rate for a survey is 4 to 14%, depending on who you are and who you ask. But I think it's getting less and less because when you put in those comments and you give them that information, a lot of these survey tools don't have the data to mine it and make it actionable for that end customer. I mean, I have customers coming to us saying, hey, listen, I got 1.2 million text transactions. I want you to tell me what the problem is. Yeah. So it's you know, and I put stuff in all the time. Like I love filling out surveys, and I always fill them in. No one's gonna respond to this. No one's gonna do anything with this. You know, if you do, I will give you a twenty-five dollar gift card and nothing. You don't hear from anything from anybody. Yeah, that's
0: it's 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 very important. I guess there'll be more technologies to deal with that. They'll try to automate it before they actually do the humans. That's the that's correct. Yeah. How do we fix this problem? We build more software to analyze. computers are just talking to each other right and that's probably probably not the 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 best route but that's kind of what we what we do right um which is back to kind of what you're saying so like for for a contact center to effectively transform the customer insights like you need to have a well thought out process for what you do with that data and i think a lot of people are struggling there right like they're just there's no training course of this is how you take that data and, and how you make action. And sometimes it's simple questions, right? It's three or four questions. And it's like, Oh my God, I don't know how to analyze this. Um, but I feel like there needs to be a better training, um, for contact centers to and any internal center to actually make those actions. But usually it all
1: starts with what listening, right? Yep. And, and Listen, the- identify. So e we use a, we use a five-step process, right? So, and it's funny you talk about training because there's more and more courses coming out now on AI, more and more courses like from MIT. Everybody's selling, you know, yeah. customer experience stuff. So the the definitely knows it's it's needed. But we use a five step process. We listen to the customer, right? Which means you're listening to the conversation. You identify, right? Because once you listen, you have to identify. You know, if one person said one thing, it's really not identifying. It's it's small. You got to look at what are what are the problems the most. Problems that are coming up that actually looks to make me do something. Then analyze those issues. Is it something I could change? Because sometimes it's policy procedure, or is it something I, I can't fix? Then you need to take the right step based on that information, to deliver and improve, because you're not going to make it perfect, but you could improve that customer experience. And when you do all those things together, that gives you the predictive analytics. So you can go and say, if you change this by X, you, I'm predicting by doing this, you're going to see Y as an improvement in your you know, customer satisfaction, your customer experience, et cetera. And that's where you look at, and, and I'm not trying to dumb it down, but simplify it. It's a simple process. You can't measure and fix everything. Pick a couple. Exactly. What are the what is the most thing like i the biggest one I see all the time is channel switching Somebody calls up our call center I'm calling you because I was on your website and I wasn't able to do this That is a huge issue because a if it's sell if you want to populate self service then fix the self service problems
0: i agree i agree um quick question who who are the best self service consultants out there that's a you know that's a question that I get asked a lot of the times. Who are the go to guys for, for creating that self service model?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I don't know who the guys are, but I, I do know this. Um, yeah, if, you are, listen to your, if you listen to your customers, I'm telling you, it's easy to do it. It's easy to give, the, give you as an example. If I were to come to you, Amir, and say, hey, listen, here's the five things that are happening on this website um, simple one, shipping addresses. If someone's not updating the shipping addresses on their website, meaning with the postal codes, people are going to call your call center because they have a new zip code yes. and it's not loaded. That's a, we see that all the time with retail customers.
0: Interesting. Keeping da- oh, it always that up to date. H- how do you think it's possible these days to deliver an actual 360 degree customer experience? Is it, is it omnichannel that makes it that? Is it, is it, is it like, what does that mean? Right? We hear that often. Um, and, and, you know, if you agree that 360 degree view kind of
1: is something that exists, like, you know how do we make it beneficial? So I think a 360 view does exist, right? I, I do believe you have to have a balance. No machine is going to give you a 360 view. A combination of that AI plus HI it would really help. But if you think about what a true 360 view on would be, out like on a customer is is the customer aligned to what I'm trying to accomplish? Can they predict and give me analytics based on what I'm going to do next? And then by doing that, you're able to drive intelligence because if we know the customer's behaviors and patterns of where they break or where they call the call center, when they're trying to do something, you can fix that. And then when you fix that and communicate to them what you're doing as an example, it's customer loyalty. I have examples of customers, believe it or not, would say, you know, you'd know, you see all these calls coming in and we go to them and say, hey, listen, this, this should be on your website. they not say it is. And then you take the tech team to the website and it's like 11 clicks to get to it. Yeah. Hey, here's a suggestion. Why don't you put it on your homepage? Right? Cause you got 750 people this month asking for that and calling the call center. And then they're like, well, I never thought about that. Oh, let me put it up there. And, and it actually improves. And then by the way, the customers, cause then you see the conversations afterwards, mm-hmm. customers will actually go out and say, this was my idea, man, about time you did it. And that's great cause you're getting brand loyalty and to your point, it is a three sixty view.
0: No, I agree with you. And it's also three sixty um, ownership within the company, right? You yep. need to keep everybody involved. In order to give three sixty view to your customers, you have to get your whole team on the same page, right? Yep. Content writers, developers, everyone needs to see the same thing or else things will get hidden. You'll be back to scratch. Now, this is this is this is this is great. But the big takeaway for me is that you know, people are important to drive maximum benefits of artificial intelligence, right? So I think with all the artificial intelligence out there, all the tools, there's always going to be a balance of people, right? And, and yep. that's kind of what I'm taking away, Jim, from my conversation with you, is that technology is making it easier for us to, get, to sort this information, which is great. But we need to now elevate our people, um, just like you did with one of your teammates. Yep. You know, she could have been... Analyzing lower end data now she doesn't have to now she could be certified from Cornell and have a data scientist role right and that's that's what's changed it sounds like so yep. I think the, my big takeaways is, is just continue to actually build the training and, and push these new positions because they're you can't they're not going to come from colleges really colleges are reacting to us right they're reacting to what leaders like you and and myself are telling what we we need right and it's, it's getting developed faster and it's outpacing textbooks right agreed So I think the big thing is you know invest into um, invest in training. do you have any you mentioned that some new training's popping up. Do you have any go to front of our listeners when it comes to
1: cX AI training that that you could share with us? So I have so many I belong to so many CX groups, including yours, as you guys know because i 'm all about it 's what everybody 's seen in the industry since it 's fairly new. Um, you know, I look at all of the CX leaders out there and personal friends with a lot of them, Shep Hyken, Net Franz, all these people that actually talk and breathe this stuff. So we, I think we all belong to several groups and I think it's just a combination of what happened and, and what's going on. As far as my own learning, um, I belong to a bunch of CX groups and I'm always reading. So, so my biggest advice to anybody, I try to read one article a day because, if I can commit, it's like people read books. I read books, but it takes me about a month to read a book because I have to stop, right? So I, in my career, I'm 30 years in the call center space, I committed reading articles a day. So if I'll read an article a day, right, in 365 days, and including weekends, I read too, because just articles are so much better, 1,500 to 2,000 words. I can read it in seven minutes. In a year, I'm going to be a master at it.
0: An article a day keeps the unhappy customer away, as they say absolutely my my trick has been just being able to invite and talk to uh leaders like yourself in my podcast. that's how I'm educating myself. I have a huge crazy that's excellent schedule and then I get to you know I get to make friends with you guys and and just learn like thirty years of experience you know that can't that can't be bought right that's that's irreplaceable um and and the willingness i think. People need to be very willing to ask and, 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 and not have this culture of I know everything, right? Um, even for me as a CEO, it's, it's easy to be like, oh, I know that. I, get, I don't, right? And I, I can say, Jim, I can ping you and be like, what do you think about this problem? What do you think about that? And That's, I think, what companies need to do is just continue to allow their leaders and allow their teams to make relationships and use social media for that, that purpose, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, which, is, which is new. It's also 360 degree on social, which we can talk about at a different time. But Jim, this has been awesome. Um, I know you've written three books as well that people can find on Amazon. Um,
1: I well, think- we can give them for free on my website. So my president and myself, uh, we, I co-authored those books with so my president. He yeah. actually believes in the same things as, as, as we talked about. And if you look at it, it starts at the top with the servant leadership culture down to what you have to do to execute on it. But yeah. absolutely. Well, what's the um, website for that? E-tech-gs.
0: I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get some of those books. Um,
1: that,
0: I'm, gonna, I'm gonna bring them down to the headquarters. I just have a bookshelf, and I just keep putting them there for all the teammates because I
1: don't read. Like I said, I podcast. I'll send you. I'll. I'll. I'll I have your email, so I'm gonna email you copies of
0: them. Awesome. So for anybody who wants to reach out to you, any any uh, data scientists, any AI specialist, any customer success future leaders, they want to connect with you, Jim. Where can they find you, and, and what's the best way for them to uh, connect?
1: Easy one. Thank you so much for that. You can find me on LinkedIn. There's not a lot of Iyubes out there. It's I-Y-O-O-B, Jim. Or you could email me at jim at etechgs.com.
0: Jim, this has been amazing. I really appreciate you taking the time to join the Cloud9 podcast. I look forward to probably having more conversations with you and meeting in person.
1: Um, when, when some of the things. Once this doing. is all over, I, I, I look forward over to over. it as well, Amir, my friend. I really do. I'm in Miami. <laughs> Come down to Miami anytime. any time. So I come to Florida all the time. We have an office in Florida. So I'm, yeah. in, I'm actually in uh, West Palm Beach very, well, except for COVID-19. I'm usually there at least once every six weeks.
0: An hour and a half drive. We can make it up there. But thank you again.